0: This podcast contains conversations about trauma, addiction, death and other challenging subjects and may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you need resources to get help, please see the show notes. You're listening to Drawn to a Deeper Story. I'm Kath Brew. I'm an artist who illustrates and educates about marginalised experiences for positive change with a particular interest in identity, belonging and expat life. This podcast is about lives that challenge us and the difficult conversations around them. It's a place where we can listen openly, absorb people's truths and to learn how to show up differently for the benefit of everyone.
1: My experience is that you cannot love somebody better. Mm. You cannot throw so much love at them that they'll see the light. That's Mm. that's not going to work. Mm.
0: Today's guest is Antonia Rolls. She's an artist and uses painting and words to explore difficult subjects such as end of life and addictions. Now, I was trying to work out when I first met Antonia, and I think it was about 2014, at an event that was called a dead good day out. We were there with Ichabod, my partner's death dummy that they made uh, for teaching care of the body within the funeral profession, as you do. And Antonia was there with her exhibition, A Graceful Death, a series of paintings about end of life. Now, when I met Antonia, I liked her immediately. She's one of those people who has really great depth She's quiet, almost unassuming, but when you leave, you know you want more. You want to continue the conversation. I could seriously talk to this woman all day and she has a grace to her that makes talking about lives that challenge us almost easy. And when I say challenge, I mean challenge. Antonia has addiction in her family. She told me that over the last 10 years, she has seen how destructive, chaotic and hopeless life with and around addiction can be and she's just completed the first stage of a project of paintings and words called addicts and those who love them and says that behind every addict is someone traumatized by loving them let me just say that again that behind every addict is someone traumatized by loving them that's quite a statement and so at this point i'd like to bring antonia in To actually explain what that means.
1: Welcome to Drawn to a Deeper Story, Antonia. Hi, Kath. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) We're going for Humdinger, aren't we?
0: (laughs) We are. We're going to go for the Humdinger. And this is but this is what this is all about. It's about honest conversations, it's about speaking our truths because nothing ever changes. And that's one of the things i love about you is your realness your truth and the, the subjects you deal with through your works and so if we're going to go for the humdinger i think um i'll probably just go straight in and actually just say to you tell it tell us what's it like being the mother of an addict
1: Gosh, well um in a way how long have you got yeah um, <laughs> I, i'm going to to link that with um the, the behind every addict is someone traumatized by loving them. And I think the operative word there is love. Mm. And mm. the fact that um, when one has a relationship with somebody that is, I'm going to use the word unavoidable because they are either um, a spouse or a, a child or a parent. Um, the, the, you, it's harder, so much harder to just say, I'm walking away. Um, mm. You might do that with a friend, even though you may love them, but with somebody you you cannot help but have a relationship with. Um, mm. It is very, very hard. Mm. You, you know, I, I've had to to learn of, of the different different types of love that mm. um, that I can express and that I can feel, and that I must also give to myself. Mm. Because I can imagine you
0: could actually that it's possible to love someone very much, but to not actually like them very much.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm. And then you see that the the thing is that in this this topic, like um, addiction, my experience is that you cannot love somebody better. Mm. You cannot throw so much love at them that they'll see the light. That's that's not going to work. Mm. We all hope that it will work in the beginning. You know, we we, mm. we hope that um, if I if I'm just here for you all the time, if I just love you, if I just forgive you, if I just mm. keep turning up, that somehow you'll see the light. Uh, maybe that will happen. But I I would say now, after so many years, that's so unlikely. That's mm. so unlikely. So we have to change the love mm. that we feel. We have to we have to toughen up. Mm. And yeah. I
0: imagine that in doing that, it, there's a very, very difficult line that you have to learn with how do you
1: love someone and not lose yourself at the same time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, you know, codependency is, is um I think quite a, quite a thing. There mm. are people who say it, it, it isn't a thing mm. at all, um, but I, I I do believe that if you don't call it codependency, you'd call it something else. There mm. is some kind of um, madness in, in loving an addict without boundaries and without understanding that it's their story. And you simply have to be able to say thus far and no further. Mm. That, and I found as well um, that I, I I can be very very distressed and angry with what happens, you know, after an episode, a terrible mm. episode, um, with my son, and I can say this is it, I'm done. Mm. But um, I then have a complicated um, time where I have to readjust and say, well, no. I do love him. I don't like, mm. I don't like him. I don't like the addiction. I don't like his behavior, mm. but he's still in there. Mm. He's still mm. in there. And even though I cannot rescue him, I cannot save him. I cannot do anything. I must be tough. I must say, um, I will not take your calls. I will not see you. Mm. I will not be involved in this. Mm. I still love you. Mm.
0: And actually, if there ever, ever is that day of the the hope happens of where you, you say you, you, you wish for that, that miracle or the, the, The kind of happily ever after what like I hate that phrase but but that kind of idea that you need to be well so that when that day happens you can receive your child in that way I imagine is that something that that there's a you need to look after yourself as as and when it's happening but also so that you can be there to to have that relationship that you want if it happens
1: yeah absolutely because Mm -hmm somebody very wise once said that if you cannot do anything for somebody let's say this an addict or or anybody let's say this is more general if you cannot if you cannot reach a a person if you cannot do any more the one thing you can still do is be a good example Mm. so to to live you know nobody needs to lose their their um their sanity mm. their their health mm. their identity mm. for somebody else because mm. with addiction um, with with chronic addiction you know you 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 hope that if you keep inter- intervening that they'll come up to meet you mm. but they never do you no, always no. go down to meet them and then there's two of you in the crazy mm. 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 so you know you have to be so careful not to do that mm. But I, mm. I, I also say that, you know, um, uh, people don't people do come out of addiction. And it is so true mm. that um, that the person who is in the addiction, they do have to to, to make the choices. And that's mm. so hard. And sometimes mm. they make the choices, you know, three times a week. Sometimes, yeah. you know, that they, they try and try and try. And it goes on and on and on. You have to. This is a big thing. You know, I thought that if you made a choice to. Come out of addiction, and you went into rehab. That's it. That's it. Mm. You're you're fine, but mm. it isn't, mm. you know, mm. because the addiction, taking the substances, that that's just a small part of it. Normally, yeah. usually, I think that people take substances because they are um, self-medicating. That they need they need that the, something to take away the trauma, the pain, whatever mm. it is they're avoiding. Mm. Mm. You take away those substances, which actually Mm. work, at least for in the beginning. Mm. They Mm. work, but they do take away Mm. Mm. all the feelings. Mm. Once those have been removed and you've gone through a kind of detox, you have all the pain. I was going to say, there's a a lot of hard work to do then. Mm. Yeah you mm. have to you have to be supported deeply mm. supported to mm. feel all those things mm. and to make your way back in the world and mm. it really is true it's one mm. day at a time mm. at and i way.
0: yeah <laughs> and it, i was going to say it's hard enough to confront those things for someone who's healthy who, who not someone who's living with the disease of addiction like it's once you the, like someone like me i i haven't had addiction so there's no fear of me going back to that i imagine the fear hanging around is also a big part of the pressure that that someone would put on themselves and the pressure that they may feel from other people
1: yeah mm. and here's here's another sort of lesson that i've had to learn um, is that like you i don't have um any addictions mm. um, um, I don't have drug and alcohol addictions. I do like my tea, and <laughs> yeah, that. Yes, you and your tea. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. tea and Antonia
0: for every for everyone. Tea and Antonia are synonymous.
1: <laughs> but we yes, we we love each other. Me and tea. Mm-hmm. But um, um, but, th- but, one of the things I have to um, understand is that it's not my story. Mm. And you really, really that is so hard that's so hard to come come mm. to as a mother or mm. as someone who loves an addict is that mm. actually they are choosing their story mm. Mm. and I much though I would love to go in and, and save them I can't so if how can we put it i I, I am better uh, observing mm. their how they're living i'm better mm. just not getting involved but if they ask for help and i feel that i can give it and it's appropriate because sometimes it isn't because sometimes i may get a call saying could you come to nottingham mm. and pick me up because i'm in a crack dead and and it's mm. horrible Mm-mm. to me you know mm. obviously no mm.
0: Mm.
1: um mm. but if somebody might phone and say look um i i, I i'm really down i'm really really down can you meet me for a cup of coffee and can, mm. can we just talk? Yeah, mm. you can do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you
1: fear that there'll ever be a last time that you want to try? Funnily enough, when when, when you uh, started that sentence, I heard, do you ever feel there will be a last time? <laughs> and then you said to try. Well, n- no, I don't think there'll be a last time to try because um, it's a kind of dance. Mm. It, it's a dance between the person who's addicted whose main reason for existing is whatever their fix is that Mm. that's another important thing Mm. Uh, we we don't come into it we're useful Mm. to somebody who's in deep addiction i'm i'm so useful to my to my son when he Mm. is in in you know uh, when he's crazy Mm. because um i may be able to get him what he says he needs so Mm. uh, and and he knows how to push all the buttons, Mm, you know, mm. push all of those buttons. Mm. Um, But um, sometimes I do have to think whether instead of a last time to try, there might be just a last time. Mm. Um, Mm. And I do, I do prepare myself Mm. for that. Mm.
0: That must be incredibly difficult to live with because I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can only imagine the places that you've been, to emotionally like the the roller coaster of that uh, how do you how do you describe yourself compared to like 5 10 years ago or the beginning of 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 dealing with this what how how have you changed in and also do you fear that that because you've learned the behavior of someone who's an addict and what they will do to uh, get the fix as you just said did you ever have periods where you feared that that would harden
1: you up and make you suspicious of other people as well? Well, yeah, those, those, those are good questions. The first one um, is, have I changed? Do I, do I see myself as different in the last five years? And the second one is, I suppose you're asking uh, something like, am I, am I cynical or or mistrustful Mm. um, of other people? Well, Um, the strangest thing about this journey is that when it's bad it is so bad Mm. it's so bad because I'm frightened I'm I misjudge myself Mm. I question myself I go over and over and over in my head should I have been any different should Mm. I have done anything different Mm. Um, and imagine how it must be for my son Mm. to be in this this crazy mm. um, and I think that where I am now I'm much wiser mm. I'm much calmer I, I've I'm much more detached mm. and I think that the love I feel is possibly more practical mm. I can't I can't shake um my son off I never I could. I, I would never want to. He is magnificent. He's a mm. wonderful person. He's mm. absolutely wonderful. Mm. Um, and I think that, that it's been it's been so toxic and so disruptive and so it, it, it's almost like gaslighting. You know, you kind of you you yeah. doubt your own sanity. You
0: think that's. How? Mm, I'm really interested. You brought that up because that was was going to be one of my questions of the, the the gaslighting that you do with yourself but also that that other people that might do through complete unawareness of not wanting to believe that it's really happening or not asking or active ignorance even of that you're dealing with this and it's and and to be brutally honest oh. in preparing for this interview and thinking about talking to you um i have to say i was honestly ashamed that i haven't fully understood what you were dealing with and the help that you needed and have felt that i've been absent and that's really struck me when i've realized what you've actually been living with and continue to live with and um i firstly i want you to know that because it's oh, thing. It's, a a really <laughs> it's been a really big thing because i don't think i really fully was aware and so there's, there's that, yeah. but then there's like, what about the, the gaslighting that, that you do in, within yourself of judging yourself? And, and like you say, that must be incredibly difficult to live with. It is, uh,
1: you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, to go back to, to feeling like you weren't there, you are there, mm. you know, you are, you are a darling and you, you are there. The thing with fighting um, a battle, it, as it feels like often, uh, uh, my battle um as because uh, i'm a bat- i'm battling a response all mm, the time mm. you know i can't the only proactive thing i can do is to say no and put up boundaries mm. you know uh, un- until um there may be a time where i can i can um join in a a, a recovery or a healing mm. but but um the thing with battling this journey is um this is quite interesting there's a lot of shame about it Mm. there's a great deal of shame Mm. and I think you've touched on this Mm. um that you one feels you wouldn't believe me if I told you Mm. and there are and and, um generally all of us me included because you know how could it be otherwise how do any of us know anything till we experience it Mm. I would um I would find that people simply would not understand what I was saying because they already had a narrative about addiction. Mm, they mm. already had something in their heads about addiction, mm. which is completely right because, ha- like I say, if you haven't been through it, then how can you know? Yeah, exactly. And people, are, people mean, they mean so well. Everyone if, if somebody did hear uh, especially in the beginning about what what i was what was happening mm. they would want to solve it they would they would mm. want to give me advice they would want mm. to say oh but and mm. have you tried this and none of that works because it's just crazy mm. it's so crazy well it's not it doesn't
0: follow any rational lines does it because it because it's an addiction it's its own yeah. beast it doesn't follow yeah. our, what, what we think are our normal patterns of of behaviour, like so, yeah. I, ima- I imagine that talking with friends and people sometimes who who were those people, that actually it could be, like you'd want to see someone, but you potentially could leave feeling even more confused or hurt because you're trying to connect with people who who are trying, but you're not you're not connecting because you're not understanding each
1: other. Absolutely, mm. yes, absolutely, and this 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 is where actually um, two things first of all it is important to find people Mm. who you can talk to and support Mm. Um, and I can't remember what the second one is (laughs) I've just said one of them but I can't remember the other one's evaporated I think the other one is that there are support groups Mm. for people who are um, in a relationship with Mm. um addicts and Mm. oh yeah I was going to to tell you that story of the first time I went to um a a support group which Mm -hmm. um I was advised to go to um and it was a Mm -hmm. local Mm. local um a a local council one here Mm -hmm. um in in uh, where I live and um I walked in and there were maybe about 12 people in there, um, mostly older people, some younger, we all had to say why we were there Mm. in in a group, um, going around the group. And I remember when it came to my turn, and this was probably about 10 years ago, I just burst into tears. And I Mm. said, I hate my son, and I want him to die. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be thrown out. Mm. Oh, why i just said that terrible thing do you know in the meeting what they did is they all put their arms around me and they said look it's not that you want him dead you just want this to stop yeah wow. and you don't hate him you just mm. hate what's happening mm. so and they mm. said we've all been there it's okay mm. and that it must was- have been amazing just to to have that lifted off you yes Mm. Because I felt like I was going mad because I mm. was, you know, in the beginning, before I talked to people about it, I thought because a, an addict will make you feel that it's your job, it's your responsibility. They are mm. wonderful at transference and mm. taking no responsibility. Mm. And this is mm. part of the gaslighting. So, yeah, I, mm. I would believe that it's true. It, it's because of me. Mm. And nothing I did worked. It just got worse and worse. And when mm. I met people, who had experienced the same thing and found a way to cope with it and then were there yeah. um, to love when needed because they were more detached and more um in a better place themselves yeah. then they could be of service yeah. to their yeah. loved ones yeah. and i still just want to say how much i do love my son yeah. and how uh you know the meat that our, our, our lives have gone up and down and up and down yeah. and how we no matter what happens even if we don't talk for months we still come back yeah and again. yeah, yeah. You know. and that's
0: wonderful that and i isn't that i just find that incredible like the the, the power of the human spirit to adapt and change and still love and and transform transform what that love is and yeah. to still be that it, it's it's incredible and i think you talking about that makes me think of the day that uh my spouse and I came to your exhibition in Brighton because I think you've transcended that position yourself that that those people gave you because I was so impressed that day just for the listeners Antonia had a an exhibition uh in Brighton and it was all about the basically addiction and and those who love them and I was so incredibly impressed with how you approached people and how you held their stories that and both addicts and relatives and friends of and you've talked about the support that you sought and that's completely understandable given what you've been going through but I noticed in that environment that you were there supporting others it was almost like being an archetypal mother and (laughs) it, it was such a beautiful thing to watch and guys that came in that were um on stuff and like rapidly talking and and people who'd who were on the coming out of addictions and and wanting hugs from you and just watching you was absolutely beautiful and i want to ask you how much of that holding space is
1: for you and how much of it is for them well a big thank you because that was a lovely lovely um thing to say yeah. and i will just tell all your listeners that was your birthday Oh, it was too. I'd forgotten that. (laughs) It was. It was so lovely. It was. was. (laughs) um, So holding space, Mm. listening to stories. This is something which I've learned through working with people at the end of life. And it takes years to kind of get an idea of it, Mm -hmm. um, which is the same old thing. Whatever people are telling us, that's not our story. So Mm -hmm. let's say somebody's talking to me and it's something about addiction. It's something about an experience. And if this experience is quite powerful uh, and to most people who do talk about their own um, things that have have hurt or upset or transcended them, it is powerful, but it's nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. It's not my story. So I don't have to fix it Mm -hmm. I don't have to give too much of a response
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I just have to listen calmly openly and with so much love Mm -hmm. and respect because what they're saying is taking a great deal of courage Mm -hmm. and so if I'm being offered this gift of somebody's truth Mm -hmm. then my response is to hear everything they say Mm. and love them back Mm. Mm. there will be so many times when they're telling their story where people will interrupt them and say have you tried this or i don't Mm. agree with that or i've had enough of this or no you're Mm. wrong about that it's so good for all of us to have somebody who wants to listen who is not involved who respects the story from beginning to end Mm and will just love you throughout just mm. does, does that make sense absolutely and and
0: validates what you're telling them you they're not yeah. like as you say by trying to fix it or or give suggestions yeah. you're putting yourself into the story and actually it's about witnessing and yeah.
1: just
0: allowing a space
1: to exist I guess yeah and sometimes you know when somebody's allowed to talk about themselves and say all the things which are difficult to say naming things like wanting to die naming Mm. things like um having been in prison Mm. for really difficult crimes through addiction it's hard to name all those those kinds of things to somebody because you you know what one is making oneself vulnerable talking Mm. about them in the first place Mm -hmm. so Yes, to be able to hear what somebody's saying, the truth of it Mm. um, without being involved in it Mm. might help that person to just feel a bit better. Mm. I think that's all you can offer, isn't Mm. it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to not judge so that you're you're Mm. just receiving the information, because I think one of the things I think is wrong with the world generally is that Mm. people like you, you indicated, talk about vulnerability. people don't like to feel vulnerable because it it feels like it takes you out of position of strength and out of control but the more we're vulnerable the more i've noticed that it allows other people to be vulnerable and we then start to um realize that we're not all perfect and we've all got this and we've got that and all these kind of wonderful things that we might project but actually whatever it is everybody's dealing with stuff and at varying degrees but by just showing a kink in our armor, allows someone um, else to,
1: and and then we get compassion. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would also add to that that boundaries are really important. Mm. Um, really, really important. I was just reminded when you were talking there, Kath. A lot of, um, the the. the the, the things that I do with addiction, I, I, I have done with end of life. And I was reminded of somebody that I was being a companion for as, as they were, you know, dealing with cancer, and they were, mm-hmm. they were dealing with the, their end. Um, and uh, this person said to me, you don't actually have to give me any answers. And you don't have to be more knowledgeable than me. I, I don't want to feel when I'm talking to you that you're looking for solutions even if you don't mm. say them mm. and I thought that was very valuable and what I came mm. away with with that was that when we're listening, listening to somebody we have to be really careful not to know more than they do mm. do you know so mm. and so if somebody's talking to me about um, their addiction journey somebody's talking to me about perhaps Difficulty of dealing with a a family member, I might want to say yes. I've I've heard of that, and I've read this about it, or or I've spoken to someone else, and this is what they said about it, or or I've had that experience, and and yes, Mm. here's here is what happening. It is what Mm -hmm. happening. Mm. I'll just I'll just lay it out for you. Mm. Um, that that brings everything back to me, Mm. and makes the conversation about me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, take away their power, the bit of power that they have, and the vulnerability and the bravery, and yeah
1: so mm. what what end, what i ended up with with this person who was telling me please don't know more than me mm. was a, it was a pretty hard lesson but i did i learned with that person to mm. actually stop responding as though i needed to mm. and just listen mm. and mm. that was that was quite a hard lesson to learn because mm. it's lovely being right it's absolutely lovely
0: yeah it is and i also think it relates to that sense of if we can box everything in to fit within our understanding, then everything's all right in the world. Like Uh that person does that. So they must be that that person looks like that. So they must be that. And, and we do that and we box in. So we, we want to fix and we want to fill in those gaps. So it fits our own desired definition, which is actually at the limit of our own experiences, not someone else's and all oh. we do is build little boxes all the time rather than actually properly oh. seeing people. And I think oh. that lesson is is wonderful, that it's not
1: about you, it's about that person. Yeah. Mm. and you're right. You said to see people, and that's mm. one of that in itself is an absolute gift that we can give other people, mm. is to see them, mm. mm-hmm. to really see them. Mm. Some of the people who I talk with, feel that they never have been seen Mm. the experience of being seen Mm -hmm. by a stranger me Mm. it's very powerful for Mm. them you
0: know well and especially as a stranger that you can you can give a soft landing so to speak um rather than when they know like with people who really matter to them that are family members or people that they they want someone's approval there's something mm. lovely about a stranger creating mm. a space that's safe, that doesn't isn't mm. loaded with that emotion that someone else might, and it yeah. might give them the the inclination to try again or to share something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the nice thing about a stranger who's loving you quietly um, with boundaries is that you can tell them anything, and they'll have mm. to because they <laughs> don't know <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah,
0: but I have to say that that day at the exhibition hearing people's stories um i didn't get a sense of that there was an energy in that room that was incredibly powerful and i don't know if i ever said this to you but i left that day feeling changed i felt like something had been wow. different and as i said i have i not and i've never had an addiction and i was very aware of my own learning that uh that i felt like i was witnessing and interacting with people outside of my circles but actually in being there i realized that that it's very nice to sit on your high and mighty stall and think this is other people when actually you are a friend you're in my circles i've got a number of friends with addictions in their families i've even seen it in my own family and saying that i feel that little bit of shame i I I know I'm still judging myself and Um, and if I'm connected to someone who's addicted. And I wanted to kind of ask you, why do you think we judge so much with things like this?
1: Well, it's a very good question, Kath. You know, and I'm just going to mention that your presence in the exhibition helped the energy in the room too. You Mm. and Angie together, your presence helped the energy in the room Mm. Because mm. you're two very good people. Mm. Mm. Um, so why do people judge? Well, addicts don't behave very well. Mm. They they do not behave very well. They are oblivious to reason and oblivious to the normal social interactions.
0: Mm. They
1: are manipulative and mm. um, crazy and... They. That's what they show. They have absolutely no um, ability to stop destroying themselves and everyone around them mm. with whatever substance, alcohol, drugs. And, and I suppose I have no real experience of addictive behaviours, mm-hmm. but I, I would imagine that that, as in gambling, you know, mm. it's the same mm. crazy destruction. That's what's presented. Mm. Um, and what we commonly take for granted—that if we don't like something, we can tell somebody—and somehow there'll be a dialogue, mm. and somehow there'll be um, there'll be a, a, there'll be progress—that mm. doesn't happen, and mm. it's so shocking um, to, to be in that crazy because you know you feel like you're losing your mind, mm. um, and so people do judge, and when you see people who who are addicted. Falling about the place, you know, alcoholics. Mm. Um, you, you know, and, and you you see how disinhibited somebody who's drinking can be. They can be so violent. They mm. can be so mm. ridiculously without fear. Mm. Um, and that's the, the product of the substance they're using. Yeah, mm. that's true. Mm. That's what people see, and so of course they're disgusted. Mm. Of course they say, "I will have nothing more to do with it. these people. Are bad." So you know? it's, yeah. It's yeah. judging
0: I mean, the person, not the substance, is what exactly. they're doing. They're yeah.
1: judging the behavior because, of course, they, but, you know, yeah. it's not something one knows about until one meets an actual addict yeah. and possibly has a wonderful conversation with them and sees mm. the human inside. You know, that whatever substance somebody's taking, whatever it is, it wears off and there's yeah. always a point in which they're not yeah. high yeah. Or, or under the influence. Yeah. And that sometimes hearing, their stories because Mm. people people take substances to help them cope Mm. you know they Mm. they 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 self-medicate not um it's I don't think anyway I don't think let's say mostly because I I just don't know Mm -hmm. but mostly people don't choose to become an addict you know they don't they don't go out and say I can't wait to well, try some No, it.
0: it's not on the life goals of like becoming a fireman kind of thing. It's not it, no. it's not part of our moral aspirations, is it? So it's no and and then the behavior of it is outside what we deem as a social and cultural as acceptable behavior. So we yeah, we judge what we see, not judge what's actually going on, if that makes sense is how I think. Yes.
1: And um, I also I also want to um be be very um understanding and say that actually that's possibly a good way to do it because if somebody is behaving very badly Mm. um it's a good idea to remove yourself Mm. from Mm. that situation Mm. it's so complex it's Mm. so complex i think what i what i want to come back to is 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 um the idea of love and the fact that somebody once said to me it is so hard to love you know it's something we we need to do but it's even harder to love the unlovable
0: Mm. yeah very true
1: um and the people i'm still learning i still don't know what the answer is Mm. um how does one have and maintain a relationship with someone who's in addiction Mm. who is resistant to um change Mm. help Reality, my version of reality, they have their own version of reality, mm. and how difficult it is to know that for myself, I don't have the option mm. of saying, You are dead to me, yeah, unless yeah. you change. You mm. know, that's not an option. If that kind of thing worked, mm. then there would be hardly anyone misbehaving in any way, yeah. You know? But it's really important i think the kind that to to maintain love but to understand that it can take many different forms and it Mm. can be expressed in many different ways and Mm. also and i keep saying this to people is to love yourself first you have Mm. to do that otherwise Mm. you will be um empty yeah. You, can't, you get
0: lost yeah you
1: get lost and you can't mm. be of service and you no. can't be effective no. if you don't at least put time into loving yourself which doesn't mm. mean you give yourself carte blanche to do everything you like that makes you feel good mm. it's that is loving yourself is as, as you and I know yeah. it's a li- lifelong journey
0: mm.
1: of mm. looking at yourself with true eyes yeah. and yeah. learning to love yourself in order that Mm. you can be you can be more Mm.
0: and I think that loving yourself is also a really powerful way of leading to not judging other people because you feel whole within yourself and you you don't need to judge like I mean with addiction we know that the brain actually changes when someone is addicted there's a misconception that it's all it's a choice or it's a moral pl- problem and they can just get off it if you want to all that kind of stuff so yeah. if if it's about self-love for you because you're like genetically related to someone what's your advice to help the average person to have more compassion for an addict to actually see someone and not judge and not like just step over the bin street or it's that how do we actually start to break that
1: that gap that's there? How do we step uh, forward? Well, I am not sure that, that we actually can do very much about an addict and their life. Mm-hmm. What I think we can do is practice seeing and respecting. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to, people may well disagree with me about this, mm-hmm. and, and I, I'm, I quite understand that. If I go to London and Addicts get on the train Mm -hmm. and they have a story Mm. and they say, I'm just trying to get money to go Mm. to a a hostel. Yeah, I've heard
0: that one many times. Mm. So
1: people close their faces, Mm. close their bags, turn Mm. away Mm. and the corners of their mouth goes down. Mm. What I think is look at that person Give them money if you've got it, because whatever you do, you will never, at least today, be in as bad a place Mm. as they are. And if you have ever seen somebody who is withdrawing and Mm. cannot get their fix, Mm. you would think twice about Mm. saying, well, you deserve to Mm. do that. It's all Mm. a matter of willpower. Mm. So I would say, see people... There is a, a stock reaction, which is, which is to turn away yeah. and to feel, oh, like that. Mm. That's understandable. Mm. I would also say, um, before you turn away, I don't know how, you, how to say this. I don't know how it would be. To show, to somehow open your heart mm. so that there is a respect and there is a boundary and you are mm. not judging. You can turn away, but you do it because... Uh, this feels like a boundary for you without yeah. the kind of I'm doing this because you disgust me, or I will yeah. never give you money because you will just do yeah. this with it. Do I it would say with kindness, like a radical compassion with kindness. But yes, and yeah. I would also say if somebody's getting on the train or somebody it costs you because they need money and you've got it, give it to them. Mm. Yeah, you, because you don't know, yes, they'll go, they'll get high. Yes, mm. they will. But mm. you don't know whether you've given them five extra minutes of life mm. in which something may happen to mm. help them.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite a, I know that that what you've just said is, is, can be a very hot subject. I know I've had uh, conversations with friends before where um, a similar thing where I remember once in Sydney I was out uh, for dinner with a friend Someone came up to us, gave us pretty much that identical story, and I remember giving them ten dollars. I think it was at the time. It wasn't wasn't a lot of money at that time. Um, And my friend questioned it and was saying that it'll just be used on drink or alcohol, like or drugs or whatever. And I said, "But I can afford to help that person in this moment." I said, "We've just spent this amount of money on a meal." I said that's it. it's like it's not my responsibility but actually if there's any way that this money helps in the short term then that's what I wanted to do and I know that's probably maybe not the right thing to do but it's what I did and it felt right at the time but I don't know it's a really difficult I think it's a case by case it's a really difficult situation (laughs) and I think if you're not going to do it the, the key is to look at why you're not doing it to look at yourself and be honest with yourself about why you're not
1: yes and and i also think that in that moment where you decide not to that's okay too yeah you you don't have to but it's 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 almost like what is your energy like Mm. and that's why i would say if you can this sounds so woo woo (laughs) if you can kind of open up a bit of your heart Mm. while you're doing it just to say you know just something like I wish you well I wish you well Mm. not even get well because that's too difficult but I wish you yeah you know I remember um that along the same lines um I was on a crowded train and this disheveled ragged young man got on and he he must have been in his 20s and people were very um agitated because he he really did smell and he looked awful and he was doing this thing I needed money for a hostel and mm. when he came up to me I, I, I said um what's your name and he said Stephen mm. and I said Stephen I've got this in my purse and you can have it mm. and for one brief second we looked at each other and I thought you could be my son mm. and I hope somebody else does this for you just mm. and and that was He took the money and he went and God Mm. knows what happened to him. Mm. But the interesting thing was that the people around me um, were so embarrassed. Mm. They were so embarrassed. And I don't know what the embarrassment was about, maybe because I'd made a fool of myself, though I hadn't, Mm. because I was in perfect control of Mm. myself and I knew exactly what I was doing. (gasps) But what I thought I was doing, what I thought I was doing was acknowledging him. Mm. was saying looking at his eyes and saying what is your name who are you tell me for the mm. next seeing properly seeing him yes mm. and then going away that's not always possible people have dug it up to me in the past and I've kind of turned the other way because I didn't mm. feel safe no. but while turning away not doing it with um with uh, cruelty
0: yeah no that's wonderful We haven't got long left, so I want, to, uh, I want you to tell us a bit about your exhibition and what work's coming up, because I know you've just finished the first, mm. um, the first showing that we were lucky enough to come to. Um, so
1: can you oh. tell us a bit more about what's installed for the future? Yes, I can. Well, I've got a year now um, to do more work for addicts and those who love them. Mm-hmm. Behind every addict is somebody traumatized by loving them. That's the actual title, the whole mm-hmm. thing. I am going to paint more portraits because what it is is portraits of people who are in active addiction, who have come out of addiction, and people who have a, a relationship who love an addict. Mm-hmm. And they are their portraits. Sometimes um, the, the people who are in the portraits. Uh, want to remain anonymous, so I paint them from the back, and I write something of their story on mm. the actual painting. Mm-hmm. And I, I just leave it. So I'm telling stories because I don't know mm. about anyone else. I know my own experience, but I have no idea really mm. about anyone else's. This whole exhibition, the Addicts and those who love them, um, is all about just telling the stories of people like us, because we mm. you know we're all people. Mm. Um, and it's presenting different aspects of this enormously wide and never-ending addiction journey Mm -hmm. you know and all the people who are involved in it all the family members many of them are absolutely devastated and destroyed by the addiction journey Mm -hmm. and of course there are always Um, addicts that come through and families that come together again it's not all hopeless and it helps me understand more and every time um something good happens through the exhibition I think well maybe that will go to my son maybe some of Mm. some of this experience will somehow magically rub off on my son and something good will happen yeah for him yeah oh. and it's just it's like one person at a time isn't it just slowly
0: make it making a positive impact of one at a time mm. yes because
1: it's like what i'm thinking is that if i can light a little spark of hope mm. or of, of um of relief or of understanding or of just that kind of moment where you just think oh phew mm. if i can do that one person as a, at a time like you're saying through the exhibition they go off and they start to behave differently or maybe yeah. they will add um some kind of little ripple of peace mm. or understanding or mm. relief mm. or something to somebody else and that will spread mm. some kind of weird healing Well
0: it's already happening. If it wasn't for me coming along and you having done the exhibition yeah. for me to have a day out on my birthday, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation and it oh. going out to the world. I mean, it's 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 why I wanted you because I know the power of what you do. I mean, I you can't see me, but I've got goosebumps as I'm saying this, the, the power of people connecting and sharing yes. stories and the change that we can do in the world and actually, the understanding and the increased awareness and the it's just mm. it's magical and I don't use that word lightly either it, it is absolutely magical what can come off well, vulnerability and I,
1: connection yes and I think you're right it is that it is connection it's like if I don't have an agenda mm. if you don't have if we don't have an agenda mm. and we just you know we just listen mm. then as you say, Kat, magic happens. And it's mm. not rocket science. No. And it's not, you don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to have any qualifications at all. You no. just have to want the best. You just have to put yourself out there mm. and just open up, mm. you know. I was Sleepy. going to say that the um, the next exhibition is in mm. May, Brighton. Oh, and it's on for two weeks this <gasps> time. We'll have to come back. And I'll be there yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and what I'd like in this exhibition, there's writing in the exhibition. People have written down some some poems and some Mm -hmm. extracts of their experiences i'd like to have within this two weeks of the addicts and those who love them exhibition i'd like to have some talks by people who um, would be fascinating so i think i would love to have um, some kind of um, uh, workshops Mm -hmm. um, and learning experiences that'd be wonderful yeah and i was thinking
0: even epigenetics like how how your body reads a DNA sequence, how that can change through um yeah. through your through what you're experiencing, your behavior and environment, and how fascinating that would be for people to understand
1: bigger picture kind of stuff. That that would be amazing. Yes, like mm. trauma uh, mm. actually being passed down through generations. Mm. And the, the, the way that somebody would cope with this this trauma, mm. um, intergenerational trauma is to turn to substances that take away all the pain. Yeah, and absolutely. Create addictions.
0: Yeah. No. Oh, it's absolutely amazing, Antonia. I love your work. And I'm I'm, thank you. I'm I'm partly sorry that this is what you're having to deal with, but I'm also incredibly humbled because actually you're creating the most amazing work that wouldn't have happened without it as
1: well. Does yes, that make thanks. sense? Yes. And you're so lovely. Thank you so <laughs> oh, much. Thank
0: you. Um, so before we finish how can people find you if they want to um come along to an exhibition if they're in the UK or maybe see you online is there anything online
1: yeah well okay so if you go to my my website which Mm -hmm. is antoniaroles.co.uk yeah okay and on there you can subscribe to my newsletter which um, comes out every two weeks and my newsletter um is kind of updates from the studio and from life all right, you know, okay. A great deal of updates from life and the studio on there. Mm-hmm. And um if anyone wants to get hold of me in person, um you can do that through my website. Okay, fantastic.
0: And that's um AntoniaRolls.co.uk. I'll put the details in the show notes, uh, but for people who are yes. listening, it's it's a n t-o-n-i-a rolls as then dot scouk
1: I've made life very easy. Everything I do is just Antonia Rolls. So if you just look up Antonia Rolls anywhere, that's what what I'm under. So I'm I'm on Facebook, Instagram, I've got a YouTube channel. I'd love people to subscribe to the newsletter because I have Mm. a blog which I write every two weeks as well. So the newsletter and the blog goes together. Okay, fantastic. On my my website.
0: It's been so precious to be able to talk to you and actually I wanted to thank you for your your honesty and your willingness to share what I know is can be very difficult but also uh in some strange way can be kind of beautiful and one of the greatest teachers as well and I think you represent that duality beautifully in in the work that you do and the interactions that you have with everybody so Thank you very much for, for being on the show.